we taking a shot up in the tailgate yep. lot yep. with a stadium view. Woo! What a great spot. Damn it, I've been waiting all week. Counting down the days till I'm back in my seat. Till I'm back in my seat. Back on the boulevard Thursday, March 2nd. As always, here to prove to you, there is no such thing as football season. XFL Week 3 on tap, and we got a Sunday triple header. What does that mean, America? Well, for the first time since January, we have a 10-hour shift to put in on the couch with football. So no, we're not going to our niece's six-year birthday party at Pizza Planet. We're not taking a stroll around the aisles of Target. We're not washing the car. We're sitting on the couch with our beer and our XFL for 10 hours, and no one's going to tell us otherwise. Don't let those losers tell you it's not football season. Let them have their overpriced lunch at Cheesecake Factory with their raspberry iced tea. We're going to have football. Jordan Tamu versus A.J. McCarron, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Matty Fresh here with you tonight. As always, sitting to my southeast, a man who hopes he won't lose another head-to-head bet like he did in week one, which caused him to have a plunger placed on his head. Chris Zuck, welcome in. I heard you and Mikey Manziel, the other party in this head-to-head Vegas-Seattle matchup this week, have reached an agreement. No beards. Not Mike with the excuses again. Unacceptable. I'm sure he'll give the same excuses if the Orlando Guardians call. They do need a QB3. I was on Twitter, and I was telling the Orlando Guardians, please offer Mikey Manziel a tryout so that he doesn't have to come on our show and give losing wagers. (sighs) Ah. Well, that aside, I do want to apologize if we're a few moments late on the air tonight. We did get word that there is severe weather in Texas in the form of a tornado watch actually affecting the XFL hub in Arlington. We were trying to get some more information on that, get a player interview, and uh, we are a little bit delayed on air tonight. But that's okay because on tonight's show, we're still loaded and we're still going to give you week three winners from XFL action who we think is going to win these games. And we've been good. I'm seven and one. Zook is six and two. No thoughts on Mike's record, but again. We're here to give you winners. That's our job. We want you to get a PS5 in May, and by doing that, you're going to have to go four for four. So hopefully we tail, and you can hop on the train of Spring Ball Boulevard here, take a ride with us, and get that PS5 in May. So who's going to widen the gap here in week three? I don't think in a 10-game season, if you're 3-0, and you're probably not going to miss the playoffs, right? Unless you have a utter collapse. But if you're 0-3, it's going to be damn hard to make them. So huge games on tap this week. We have Reggie Northrup coming up in our spring ball series, a Florida man that you do not want to mess with. Great interview. We're going to have that coming up. And the Boulevard Bowl Tour back for week three. My frequent flyer miles have been racking up as well as my sleep debt. But we persevere. We have another stop for week three of our Boulevard Bowl Tour. That's coming up. And more best bets for you, because it wouldn't be Spring Ball Boulevard without giving you winners and making you money. Remember, the more you know, we now know more with eight quarters of football from each team on tape. So some value for you. As always, drop us a like, subscribe to the channel, and enter our PS5 Pick'em. That link is live in the description. Taking a look at our XFL standings, uh, if you're on podcast... St. Louis and D.C. tied at 2-0, top of the North Division. Las Vegas and Seattle 0-2, and 
In the XFL South, Houston at the top 2-0, Arlington and San Antonio tied at 1-1, and the Orlando Guardians, who, again, are looking for that QB3 now at 0-2. So, like I said, who will widen that gap in Week 3? Well, let's talk about games. A Saturday standalone game, the Seattle Sea Dragons and the Vegas Vipers. Seattle, that line moving a little bit. We open up at 3, we now cross the field goal. At three and a half, so some money coming in on the Sea Dragons, and I'm going to tell you why that's the right play. We got pivotal games this week on Sunday, but people are going to overlook this one. This is Desperation City here at the bottom of the XFL North. As Josh Pate would say, both teams in wounded animal mode here. Seattle the road favorite, like we said, and while in literally every sports league under the sun, I would tell you to stay as far away as you can from a road favorite. I'm going to foreshadow my best bet and tell you I'm playing Seattle minus three here. Uh, Here's why you should give them a look. The schedule matters, right? The Sea Dragons had Friday and Saturday to recharge their batteries before they could head back to Arlington. Remember, Vegas, off of two days less rest, had that terrible game on Saturday in the wind and rain. They did not get that break. So in the same way, that that front end of the schedule kind of screwed Seattle being on two or three days of rest, it's going to benefit them on the back end. The XFL schedule gives and takes. Forecast looking perfect for this one. 66 and sunny in the snake pit Saturday. And Dylan Mooney, that social media director out there in Vegas, he's pushing it, trying to get people in Cashman Field. I think the snake pit will be on fire Saturday. Listen, those Viper faithful, they heard all the negativity swirling around in my replies. This week when I tweeted out my opinions about Cashman Field, uh, they tried telling you folks that you weren't good enough for an XFL team. They said, your stadium sucks. Your field sucks. You don't belong here. They said that you should be relocated to San Diego, that you should be relocated to Oklahoma City, or even worse, Columbus, Ohio. Playing outside in Columbus, Ohio in February. That's our solution for field conditions being poor. Take from it what you will. The snake pit will not quit. They will do their best to get in the win column this week, but it's not going to come down to them, guys. This boils down to the Seattle offense against the Vegas defense. And while Vegas was a favorite last week against D.C., we tried to figure out why. We were pointing to that defense, a defense that held Arlington scoreless. Remember, Arlington only 2.7 yards per carry against Vegas in week one. I fully believe the odds makers thought that defense was poised to eat up again in week two. While they did not, that's not the case. I told you they were banged up coming into week two, and now it's even worse. Four starters potentially out. PETA, that big number zero who knocked Jordan Tamu over, he was limited in practice. And again, this seems to just be the battle of the first half teams. Vegas has been outscored 37-6. to In the second half of games, just unacceptable, and Rod Woodson has acknowledged it. Uh, We know, and Zook knows, the debacles that Seattle's been through late in games. They always seem to start strong. But again, the edge on this side of the ball, lying with June Jones and that Seattle offense in the run-and-shoot scheme. Seattle leading the league in pass yards. It's very important. They have the longest completion this season, which was a 54-yard bomb from Ben DiNucci to Jacor Pearson. And they are tied for the least sacks allowed. So that O-line outperforming expectations, at least of what I thought they would do. I thought that they were a little makeshift, but they're one of the best units in the league. 
Mike Minette, shout out the former Nittany Lion protecting his quarterback. Uh, actually, there's a couple Penn Staters on this Dragon squad. Sharif Miller is a name you guys are starting to learn in the XFL. He had a couple of sacks last week. But again, just too many guys open here for Danucci uh, between Josh Gordon, Jacor Pearson, Blake Jackson, Jordan VC. Vegas hasn't seen this kind of spread offense yet that can throw it around, and that'll be trouble. Flipping over to the other side of the ball, Vegas Vipers still dead last in the league in rushing. Even in a week where you had to lean on the run because of the weather conditions, 115 yards in two games. Just unacceptable for Dwayne Taylor. Two first downs on the ground. If he can go back to the play script that he showed us in week one, when they come out just absolutely electric in the XFL opener and look like they're going to win the title, that's what they have to go back to. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Maybe Vegas hangs around for a half here, as they've done twice now. But Zook, Seattle is the pick here. And frankly, I think this number is a little too small. I think I'm going to play it at three. I got it at three. I would take it at three and a half. I think they could win this by double digits. Thoughts on your dragons? <laughs> yeah, really. And I'm sure this goofball is going to fade both of us. I mean, he's been on the Vegas train all year. There's no point of even showing it. The Vegas Vipers are a thorn in Mikey Manziel's side. They don't need their quarterback as badly as the Orlando Guardians do. But the Vegas Vipers are in dire straits right now. So you're going to have to see Brett Hundley step up his game. And that defense that's been ravaged with injuries. It's going to be tough for them. So that's our lone Saturday game. Enjoy it before our Sunday triple header. On to our game of the week. Two of the three XFL unbeatens clashing at the top of the XFL North. But before we get into the X's and O's of this one, we have a public service announcement to make. Go ahead and roll that, Zook. <laughs> okay, so the DC Defenders picked up a win in the first game of the renewed XFL season, but the Defenders' legendary beer snake did not. You are far stronger as a unit than the jabronis running Audi Field Security. And we will free the snake in week three. I promise you that. I'm back where I belong. Yeah, I never felt so yeah. strong. Yeah. I'm back, I'm feeling like there's nothing that I can't try. And if you with me, put yeah. your hands high. Put your hands high. You haven't lost a life before. Hey. Just brings a tear to my eye. So thank you, XFL, for listening to the people. The people of America and the people of the district. We're grateful. You have given us something that Roger could never. Our beer snake and our freedom. And those cups are greater than us as individuals. So to that we raise our cups and swallow our beer. They unite us as one nation under football. In the name of Dwayne Johnson, amen. Let's talk football. 
The St. Louis offense against the D.C. defense here. We didn't get the chance to talk to A.J. McCarron this week, but if we did, we would have asked him, A.J., what's the more intimidating environment? Audi Field or Death Valley? And I think you know the answer. Before you jump to conclusions and tell me Death Valley, the greatest atmosphere in college football, show me a starting left tackle for an opposing team in Death Valley or anywhere in the SEC that was getting pelted with lemons during the game. You won't be able to. So you'll call me a liar. I got the facts to back it up. And Reggie Northrup will tell you coming up. It's not as hard or it's not as easy as you think to play in Audi Field. So St. Louis is going to need Brian Hill back. Uh, I think they're going to get him back. A.J. McCarron was their leading rusher last week, and he ran a 4-9 at the Combine. I don't know how, but we've never seen A.J. run, even in college. I have heard he's a good athlete, so props to him there, but they got to have some kind of rushing game here. A.J. had negative 50 rushing yards in college, by the way. A lot of sacks he took, but... That hurt his stats, but again, they need somebody else to run the ball. It needs to be Brian Hill. Uh, Anthony Beck did mention he should be ready to go this week, and while D.C. has one of the best rushing defenses in the league, they allow less than 75 yards per game, they have not been tested with a running back the caliber of Brian Hill quite yet. We talked about Seattle and Vegas, right? Two teams that start fast and then fade. Well, this is the exact opposite. This is the second-half teams. So we might have a 0-0 first half. What are we going to get in the second half here? Uh, I think you're going to need at least a 20 spot on A.J. McCarron and his buddy Austin Prohl just to be safe. And I'm not sure if we can get a prop bet anywhere, but I think laying a max play on St. Louis to finally turn that damn ball over would be a safe bet. No turnovers through two games. It's exceptional. The protection they've been able to have. I'd love to see Reggie Northrup just put a lick on McCarron and force a fumble here like he did Luis Perez. Uh, Marcel Aitman has been a little quiet. Five catches for 68 yards for the first-round pick. I think he's been a little banged up with a hamstring. Uh, it's going to be tough sledding against a really good defender secondary. The pick sixes have become a staple at Audi Field going back to even 2020. So flipping sides of the ball, D.C. offense versus the St. Louis defense. What a spot, guys, for Jordan Tamu here. Remember... He will not forget the final game of XFL 2020. You all remember Matt Jones, the St. Louis running back, stuffed on that fourth and one play to secure the D.C. win over JT's Battlehawks. And that ended up clinching the East for the defenders. I know, three-way tie atop the division. D.C. beat St. Louis and New York. Unofficial um, East champions in 2020. So if you can't beat him, join him, Jordan. It's that simple. Uh, he's poised to have his best game. St. Louis has given up 200 passing yards in both of their games, and St. Louis looking like they'll finally get Travis Feeney back, though, which is huge. He was out with a concussion. He wrecked havoc on the Brahma's offensive line week one. He's going to probably have to play immediately here. Um, and then Bruno Reagan, another signing for D.C. Again, offensive line a question. We saw Cody Conway, the starting left tackle, go down. Uh, Mike Maietti, Jersey Mike, the center, has already been out for D.C., and now Ty Clary, the backup center, is out. So Bruno Reagan joins Jordan Tamu. He used to snap the ball to him in 2020. He's probably going to have to be plugged right in. Uh, again, this is not a good situation for D.C. up front, but this number's been moving as well. We opened up at D.C. minus two. We're now to two and a half. 
That's a good sign. That means DC's taking some money, and I think that's the right side. I did lock it in at minus two. We'll get to that in our best bets. And, of course, I'm riding with my boys. DC is the pick. Remember, guys, this team is unbeaten within the confines of Audi Field, and that will not change. And you better not disagree, Zook, because you know who's going to come out with a win in this game. I know you're reluctant, but if we get to 3-0 and and you guys drop to 0-3, you might as well ride it off. That's going to be tough. You guys have to win this weekend, especially considering the XFL North gets two teams in the playoffs. So even if you can sneak into that top two, you don't have to have the best four record in the league. You just have to be in the top two of your division. Be interesting, and, and I don't even want to know. I mean, Mikey Manziel said he played Battlehawks money line last week. He didn't make it a best bet, though. He loves A.J. McCarron. Just absolutely adores that guy. So the D.C. Defenders. You will go 3-0. and And we'll have another victory Monday. Right back here on the Boulevard. Reggie Northrup coming up here. I got to talk to the Black Dragon as he goes by in MMA. Very entertaining guest. As always, like and subscribe to the channel. We'll be back on the boulevard with the rest of the Sunday games as well as our best bets. But for now, enjoy Reggie Northrup. Well, some of you may know him for going through drills with an unlit cig in his mouth, but I know him as a former national champion at Florida State. He is undefeated as a mixed martial artist and undefeated as a D.C. defender. Reggie Northrup joining us tonight from Arlington. Reggie, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, man? How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Before we start here, uh, I got to ask you, who's the tougher Reggie, you or Barlow? Oh, man, I don't know, man. I think Barlow got it, man. <laughs> oh, man. I guess you have to say that. Um, he did say uh, before the season that he was going to down a beer after a win and put it on the snake. Would you join Reggie Barlow in doing that? Can you give us that commitment? Yes, yeah, for sure. I did see for you with the sure. Lost Laws pills there in the locker room earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> is it a good beer? How is it? Yeah. Um, I'm not really good, but I don't even drink, and I'm not even yeah. a beer drinker. So, hey, man, it was beer. Victory's a victory. <laughs> it was beer. I'd say yeah. <laughs> so, back home at Audi Field this week, uh, tell our viewers why the DC Defenders have the best fans in the XFL. Man, you got the best fans, man. They're just so turned up. And- they rowdy, you know, and they're they gritty and rowdy, man. They talk trash to our opponents. You know, they boost us up. They uplift us when we in tough moments and stuff. You know, um, it was real crazy, man. That first game, man, I felt the energy. It was just wild, like, being out there on that field. We got them backed up, you know what I'm saying, on their on their 10, you know. Got the whole section right behind them throwing lemons, you know, stalling the game out a little bit more, you know. So that was like an extra timeout. But it was it was crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm sure you've seen some crazy environments in college, but that was probably a whole different ball game. Uh, it just looked different on TV as well. So uh, yeah, I mean I've seen I think, way bigger, crazier crowds, but 
Yeah. As far as like the personality and the character and the, <laughs> the rowdiness, man, yeah, that's wow. they awesome. They feel like you would think it's a hundred thousand people at that game. <laughs> you know, that's so. awesome. So let's talk a little bit about you. Um, obviously, you see a lot of these guys who are dual sport athletes in football. Maybe they play baseball. Maybe they run track, basketball, whatever. I think I've seen some in WWE. Uh, why MMA for you? Oh, man. Um, man, I've been involved in the martial arts world for a little while, man, a long while. Uh, my dad, he's a third degree, fourth degree black belt, Aikido, Taekwondo. Um, he also the brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, you know, he's 58. Um, so I've always kind of been around that. In high school, I wrestled with the state twice. Then um, I transitioned and, you know, I mean, I just played football my whole life mainly. But then um, I was with the Rams for a while. And then uh, during the off season, I would go train at this Muay Thai gym. And that's when I really started really getting into it, working on my striking and stuff. And um, then, you know, long story short, back playing football, 2020 came when we was in the XFL. Then the, um, everything kind of slowed down, the whole world shut down. And I always was interested in MMA. I always I said that I would, you know, give it a go, you know, once I was done playing football. But um, uh, that opportunity came in 2020. Um, everything was slow. MMA was the only sport that was still thriving. So, you know, and I always was interested in it. And was I was really familiar with it. So um, I gave it a go. I went and trained for three months, three months, uh, three, four months before my, well, no, actually like five before my first fight. It was an amateur fight, and I went out there, and I turned out to be a natural. Um, I beat the dude in, like, first round in, like, a minute and 10 seconds. And um, it was cool. It was in front of my hometown. It was very – it was it was, it was exciting. But uh, it was adrenaline rush, man. I needed an adrenaline rush, man. Everything was shut down. Everybody was quarantined. And, ah, man. So, then from that point on, I just hit the ground rolling. I had, like – Four fights after that, keep training every day. And I would cross, I would cross train and do like some seven on seven and, and footwork drills with some of my football guys, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and other times. So I was getting a lot, I was definitely getting a lot of cross training. And um, so I just been, I figured I was able to do both, man. I still feel good, you know, physically as a football player. And um, I, I love the game of football, man. Football is my, Man's love, my first love, you know what I'm saying? So it was hard for me not to, you know, to hang up the cleats, not just yet. I still got some uh, longevity and some youthfulness in my legs. My body feel good. Um, so, yeah. When you're out there practicing or in training camp, obviously you've been all over the place in your football journey. Do you feel like being a trained MMA fighter puts kind of a target on your back where guys know about that coming in and they just want to kind of like out tough you or be a tough guy and show that they can go toe to toe with you? Uh, actually, man, it's funny you say that, man. It's actually been the quite opposite. Huh? <laughs> yeah, guys don't really try to go, you know, walk my way in a confrontational <laughs> manner. But the crazy uh, thing uh, is, that I shock everybody because once you get to know me and know the real me, I'm real, I'm fun, I'm goofy, I'll get along with everybody, and I'm a peacekeeper, you know what I'm saying? So I make it real hard for you to even feel that you need to, you know, come at me like that. So, right. yeah. Interesting. That's I don't really I don't really have too many, I don't have 
issues and stuff like that. Not diffuse issues in a calm, violent, non-violent manner. So, cool. everybody yeah, I know. in a good mood. Yeah, of course. I know Greg Williams obviously has an aggressive scheme, which fits your style of play. What has it been oh, like playing for him? Oh, man, it's been cool, man. He's old school. I like old school. You know, I like the old school football players. And, you know, he's old. His style of coaching is very old school. But it's um, it's needed, man, I feel like, in, the day, in today's game, man. The game got soft. But, uh, you know, Greg's having Greg as a coach, man, really, like, refreshing knowing that you know still guys that, that, that know real football you know understand how guys should be on that field especially how guys should be on the field on defense so it's exciting man i was actually with him briefly in, uh, i was actually with him briefly back in uh, 2016 with the rams i was on peace squad and um he was there with the uh, that last staff right before they hired uh mcveigh yeah, he's been all over the place. Uh, talking a little bit about this week, heading into the matchup with the Battle Hawks. Obviously, both teams two and zero. Uh, do you know if you guys have to fly on the same plane as St. Louis tomorrow or Saturday or whenever you're going? Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to D.C. We coming home, baby. And oh yeah, we on that plane. We share planes with the teams that we fly with. Um, last week, you know, what I'm saying you heard the D.C. Defender Symphony on that plane. You know, it was real turned up. We had our speakers going, and the Vipers had to listen to that that whole flight back. We'll have to have the flight back. We everybody went to sleep. We were tired, but you know, we ain't gonna hear us. We turned up. We gonna, I was gonna know. say, man, if you didn't hate losing yet, you're gonna hate losing in this league. I mean, you guys you aren't gonna lose, it. but the opposing teams are not gonna be happy about that. That's crazy. They gonna hate flying with us. <laughs> um, you gonna, gonna get some music, some some song, oh, yeah. We're saying everything. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys share – you share a practice facility with them as well? Yeah, we do. It's crazy. Okay. Is there any advantage, you think, playing them, sharing their facility and kind of seeing them a little more often versus maybe playing the other seven teams in the league? No. They're just another team. Um, we've seen what we've seen on the film, and we're going to go out there and execute to the fullest extent and impose our will on their team. It's like we're going to be playing on doing every other team that we come in front of. So um, we got our game plan and we know what we're going to do. So it won't even really matter what they got going on over there. You know, we DC defenders, we shutting it down, especially the defense. And we know yeah. the offense going, you know, from our juices and the whole team going to be deadly. That's just how it's going to go. Yeah, I thought it was a cool yes. detail. The quarterback you're going against this week, A.J. McCarron, won a national title in 2012, actually 2011 as well. And then you came with Florida State right after that and won one. So for college football fans watching this game, they're going to recognize some names. I know that uh, Florida State was obviously a huge opportunity for you. Uh, what do you think about your Seminoles and the state of the program right now? Oh, yeah, man. Awesome, man. It's refreshing to see them boys back in the winning side, the winning column. They got 10-plus wins this past season. We, ain't see, we haven't seen that. That last time we got one of those was like, I think when I was there, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe the, yeah. maybe the class after I left. But um, yeah, it's refreshing. Uh, and the cool thing is, I think they're expanding the college football playoffs next season. So yeah. more opportunity for them to get in there, you know, and get a shot, regardless of if they 
if, you know, God forbid, they do get a loss or two, you know, along the way during the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some rapid fire here for you. I want to get to know your teammates a little bit. Uh, best trash talker on the D.C. Defenders. Ooh. Best trash talker. <laughs> Greg Williams. <laughs> That's a great answer. Uh, fastest guy on offense. Fastest guy on offense. That's a good one. We got some pretty fast receivers. Mm. Oh man, that's a tough. Man. A lot of fast guys on there. I'd say Lucky Jack, Lucky Jackson. Who lifts the most? Mm. I would probably be in there, but not really. Um, mm. Maybe one of the linemen. Yeah. Maybe one of the linemen. I might. That might be me. Yeah, I, I assume my own time. Shoot, I just went to a boxing <laughs> camp last night. Yeah, did a boxing class just to get a sweat in. So, <laughs> who? Uh, I, I guess a lineman as well. Who do you know who eats the most on the team? <laughs> Ooh, Santos. <laughs> oh wow, not a lineman. That's funny. Santos. Uh, there you Every go. Every time I who? see Santos, he's stuffing his face on the bus on the way to meetings <laughs> and practice. Got to eat. Who's the who's the funniest guy on the team? Hmm. I don't know, man. We got a lot of funny guys. We probably got the funniest team in the league. <laughs> I got that vibe team. when I was in I was in Vegas for the game, and I got that vibe on the sideline that you guys like to have some fun. So <laughs> we got about we probably got we got about five solid funny guys. We got about five solid guys on the um. We got about five solid guys on the team that's like really funny. I know I'm one of them. Uh, if you're doing like an Oklahoma drill and you can take anybody from D.C. one-on-one, who are you taking? What you mean? Am I, and I can take somebody for one-on-one? Just like someone that would raise your level of competition or someone who's oh. always at you at practice kind of pushing you to oh. do better. And, Armstead. Yeah. Armstead. Yeah. Right, Quell. All right, that's a good one. All right, Reggie. Well, thank you for your time. Stay safe down there in the weather. DC Defenders, St. Louis Battlehawks coming up on Sunday. That is the Black Dragon, Reggie Northrup. Thanks for your time, Reggie. Appreciate it, man. Y'all check me out. Instagram, follow me on Instagram, Reggie Northrup. Check out my highlights. Hey, I'm a future light heavyweight champion of UFC coming up soon. Too. So y'all mark y'all. Y'all remember that, right? This down. Got it. Thanks, Reggie. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy. Man, gotta love Cinco. Reggie Northrup joining Spring Ball Series on the boulevard. I I can't get over that. The same plane. That is where the cameras need to be. They need to be following each team onto the plane. They need to get those raw reactions. And if they're blasting speakers and partying with music... And all that, we need to see that. I've seen a lot in these Player 54 documentaries. We need to see those post-game flights suck. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Varsity, varsity, you know, had to give himself a plug here. Yeah. 
I'm sure that relates exactly to grown athletes. <laughs> well, we got back from that game after the brawl on the bus. The brawl on the bus. We ran Okay. Chris Zook, aspiring professional athlete. We've now got two of them on Spring Ball Boulevard. I'll be realistic here. Anyway, we got games to talk about. We got more Sunday action, Orlando and Arlington. The largest spread that we've seen here, eight and a half. Those Renegades, with this total sitting at 38, and get Orlando on the money line, plus 340. And this is a much-needed get-right spot for Bob Stoops. Um, Again, if you needed any indication what these odd makers think of Orlando, this isn't even technically a road game for them. Remember, they are home at the XFL hub. So home field advantage, while those Arlington fans will be out, it's not really that much in play here. it's just as much of a home game for Orlando as Arlington. Even flying to the Sunshine State like they did in their loss to San Antonio last week. That's actually more of a road game for them. Still eight and a half point dogs. You can still get the fight in Terrell Buckley's at 16 to 1 in Vegas to win it all. Uh, Arlington, though, with their own issues, they have a plethora of things to fix. I thought the defense held up pretty strong against Houston, but if you look at what Brandon Silvers did to Orlando in week one, he absolutely took a step back. So that shows you kind of common opponent here. Um, That's credit to the secondary in Arlington. And then you got Willie Taylor in the linebacking core. He had a big sack. Donald Payne back to his ways, just hitting guys left and right. Third in the league in tackles for Payne. Um, And they create turnovers here. Four forced fumbles, four fumbles recovered. 100% success rate. Obviously, they had the two pick sixes off of Luis Perez in week one. And I think Arlington's defense set up to feast on whoever it's going to be for Orlando. Again, they cut Quentin Dormady. So now their quarterback room includes Paxton Lynch and DeAndre Francois. And as of airtime, they have not announced a third quarterback yet. I think they're still in the interview process with Mikey Manziel. Hey, at least we know one thing about Mikey. He's going to put his balls on the line for you, Orlando. Maybe that's what you need. You need a little bit of heart. Um, they did make a move this week signifying they might be sticking with Paxton Lynch as their starter going forward. They went out and got Lance Lenore. If you don't know him, he was Lynch's top receiver in the summer league over in Birmingham. And although, uh, he's now an Orlando guardian, he was technically not part of the XFL draft. So this is what you need. Maybe some fresh faces coming in to revitalize that culture. Uh, John Main Martin, got to give it to him, still fourth in the league in rushing, although he hasn't scored a touchdown. I think when you get an opportunistic magnet, like a ball magnet type of defense, um, going against an offense like Robert Ford's, which has been prone to turnovers, you're going to see some. Uh, I could get ugly. Orlando has scored on both of their opening possessions this season, but hasn't been able to do anything after that. They've scored twice in the first quarter on their first drive, twice in the fourth quarter. By that time, they're being blown out already. So um, I'm going to take the odds on Orlando not scoring on their first drive. They are not the Philadelphia Eagles, who I think scored every single time they had a first drive. That's not going to happen. So take that bet. No points for Orlando on drive one this time. Flipping sides of the ball, the Arlington offense against that Orlando defense. I would say there may be a little quarterback controversy here in Arlington. The problem is Kyle Sloter hasn't played yet. 
And that's about to change. Tonight, the Dallas News reporting Kyle Sloter is the guy. QB1 will get the go for the Arlington Renegades. And again, they have been underwhelming on offense. So we'll see what Sloter can do here. Uh, both scores they had against Houston came off of special teams takeaways. I think they started from the plus 23 and the plus 40. They got to sustain drives. Uh, they're starting left tackle, Teton Saltz, according to XFL analysts, right to the IR. So now they need more offensive linemen. Uh, Orlando's going to get a few tackles for loss here. I think the Guardian's actually second in the league in that category with 14 tackles for loss, even though their offensive stats don't stack up. At least they have some TFLs. Um, but I do. I lean this being the coming out party for the Arlington Renegades. And again, when you're at that crossroads of Plitt and Sloter, it's a crucial point in the season. If they struggle again with 10, do they go back to nine? They need more than two offensive touchdowns, which is all they've got this year. Um, it's not good enough for a team I legitimately thought had the best roster on paper. So you got to go out and execute. Lean on Keith Ford. Lean on Davion Smith and Adrian Killens. Your, your running backs are good, and, and you got to get a 100-yard rusher and use that balance, spread attack. You got good receivers. Canella, Smallwood, Tyler Vons. We saw LaJuan Winningham break out. Spread it around to those guys, you know? Uh, Tyler Vaughn's and Nate Becker. Nate Becker is a great tight end. He can be used. He scored a touchdown last week. Uh, but it starts up front. Cameron Hunt and Garrett McGinn have to be better anchoring that offensive line. They were great in Birmingham last year, and I think they'll be good here on Sunday. Arlington is the pick, and I do lean the Baby Blues covering at home. Zook, who you got? Well, I mean, you're I, I, even Mikey, right? I, I Well, he's not allowed to pick a team that he might end up being on because I think that's a conflict of interest, but he's going to even go renegade. So any chances of Mikey Manziel signing with the Orlando Guardians have just evaporated. And then we got the lone game on ESPN this weekend, the San Antonio Brahmas and the Houston Roughnecks. Houston, the three-and-a-half-point favorite here. This, move, this line moving in a different direction. Opened up at four-and-a-half, Houston. Trickling down. Now to three and a half. Moved almost a point. That total moving around as well. Get San Antonio plus 160 on the money line. The unblemished fighting AJ Smiths. Remember, there's only three members of XFL 2020 who are back in 23 to uh, preserve that Houston undefeated record. That's who? AJ Smith, uh, Hendy, the safety, and Nick Colley. There may be an assistant coach, but I think that's really it. So Wade Phillips and Brian Stewart have both been home run ads to this operation in Houston, and, and the defense is really the class of the league. I think when you look at the Brahmas' offense against the Houston defense, um, I fear the Brahmas don't match up very well here, and that's why I'm a little confused about this number. I, I would have made this Houston minus six, and I know that's, that's a lot, but I just I don't see the, the matchup here. I think uh, Saint, or San Antonio had some issues protecting uh, against St. Louis. Jack Cohn wasn't able to stand up very well after that game. And that's only going to get worse when you have Tim Ward and Trent Harris for Houston just blitzing the passer and Wade Phillips at 3-4 defense coordinated by Brian Stewart. That's been nasty all year. They lead the league in sacks and TFLs, and it's, it's really not close. Um, Tavante Beckett and Emmanuel Ellerby, both in that linebacker group, they were both limited in practice this week, so keep an eye on that. But again, I think it's pretty simple for Jamie Elizondo here. You're not going to have the time to throw like Jack Cohn did against Orlando. You know that. They're going to blitz. So what do you do? You go back to what worked in week one. 
And that was Kalen Balaj, and a healthy dose of Balaj, who was a workhorse back in week one. He's the toughest tailback that Houston will have faced thus far this season. And the difference this time is that instead of kicking four field goals inside the 30, score the damn football. You got to get into the end zone. You're not going to be Houston with field goals. Um, things get a little too crazy down the stretch in this league, especially to be kicking a bunch of field goals. We saw what happened to San Antonio in week one. Uh, so to me, you look at the common opponent. We know San Antonio's taking some money from four and a half to three and a half. Uh, Houston gained 337 yards against Orlando. San Antonio, just 210. Flip sides of the ball. Houston gave up 303 yards to the Orlando Guardians. San Antonio holding them to almost half that, 175. But again, the scores of those games were essentially the same. But that Brahma's front is going to push you around on defense. And this is why you need more Cole McDonald. Give Cole a roll. Give Cole a roll. Print it on a t-shirt. You need somebody that's going to be able to escape this Brahma's rush. I expect to see 14 early and often. They're going to continue to work him into the offense, right? A.J. Smith's not stupid. He knows he's a valuable asset and probably going to take over as a starting quarterback one day. Um, I don't think Houston, honestly, has that big of a home field advantage. I was a little disappointed because they had 12,000 come out when it was like 35 and windy and a little bit of rain week one. And then in week two, 75 and clear, I figured against your rival in Arlington, the Texas throwdown, I figured at least 18K. No, they had 11. They had less. So not too sure what's going on there. It comes down to marketing. Uh, You see the D.C. and St. Louis marketing and and us fans from those teams carrying this league with the most engagement. San Antonio has great potential. They just have to find somebody to run event and business operations as uh, Mike Sheehan was let go. But again, you know me, I've been very, very positive beating this XFL drum. The social media from the Roughnecks, by the way, has been exceptional. Great content coming from that side. But I think the marketing and the PR may have been a little lacking for Houston. Um, We've been able to establish really good connections with most of the league. In fact, I'd say about 90%, but haven't got a call back from Houston yet. So if you're a Houston Roughnecks fan, don't get on me. We'd love to have your players. We'd love to feature your stories. We just got to get a call back. So... Uh, hopefully we can stop on the tour there and clean that up. But uh, I think Houston could do a little bit better marketing here. Um, until that changes, we'll do it our absolute best. And that's not why I dropped you guys to number two in the poll, I promise. <laughs> I, had a good, I had a good reason. Um, back to this one. Again, offense kind of limped through the Arlington game, I think, for Houston. Uh, they're going to bounce back here. Brandon Silvers was 14 of 28 for 173 yards in week two. That, to me, is not an air raid offense. So he's going to top that, and that's why I'm ultimately going Houston, as I have for both picks this year. And, Zook, you like Houston as well. We were talking about it before the show. I assume you're going with the favorite. Yep. Oh, I wish we could get him plus four. Wouldn't that be something? So Mikey, Moan for Cone. Couldn't even get his first name right. Called him Jake Cone on Man to Man. And he goes with them anyway. So maybe Mike laid his bet on San Antonio, and that's why they went to three and a half. I wouldn't doubt it. Some major money coming in from Mikey Manziel there. So that's our picks for the games. Again, you can pick along with us in that description for our PS5 pick'em. To recap things on the 2023 Boulevard Bowl Tour thus far, what have we seen? Well, we've seen the birth of this beautiful league, 
Arlington took down Vegas under the watchful eye of Dwayne Johnson over at Choctaw Stadium. We were there for that. And we witnessed Chapter 1 of what's going to be a long history for the Vegas Vipers in this league. Again, don't let them tell you you're going to Columbus. This team is here to stay in Vegas. And while I was given a warm welcome by both of those wonderful cities, it's time to come home. We'll see you Sunday, fam. Audi Field, unbeaten in that facility. Bring your lemons. Bring your snakes. I will be out on the field with the people. And what did they tell you before the season? They told you Kaka was the law. They said St. Louis was the favorite of this league. And to me, St. Louis has always been the favorite child of the XFL, right? They always get the best Christmas gift. A.J. McCarron assigned to the St. Louis Battlehawks. Real convenient. They counted us out. And it's time to show them why Audie Field will be the destination for every team if they want a chance to win the XFL championship. You're going to have to run through our facility at Navy Yard. And that's all I got. We'll see you Sunday, D.C. Our week three best bets, of course I'm going D.C. minus two. They've made me a lot of money this year. In fact, I'm two and two. Both losses I've had, Zook, have been total. So I'm staying off the totals. Look at this, two, three, four money line. Wow. It's like we're counting up here. This looks like when you count me in. Four, three, two. <laughs> we're all in order here on the boulevard. Way to tidy things up, Zook. So I'm going DC minus two. Again, this will be my third straight week betting them. Uh, I did get them at two. That number has climbed to two and a half. I know issues on the offensive line, but I trust Fred Kais's offense. I think Jordan Tamu will have his best game. And those battle Hawks have just been flying way too close to the sun. No turnovers yet. That will change. I can guarantee you that. I've also got the Sea Dragons minus three. I was waiting for you to get off them. And I took my chance. Again, we look at the power rankings that we had before the season. I had Seattle at three, and I had Vegas at five. I think they're three points better than Vegas here. I don't want to overreact to the blunders they've had the first two weeks. I highlighted it in the preview. This is a damn good offense. And that, it's, it's enough for me to get past Vegas, who I haven't seen much from, honestly. Yeah, my main thing is uh, what I've said. Uh, right. <laughs> With your head, not your heart. Yep. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity because I think they're going to win me some money this year. Uh, that number's too low. I would have made it five and a half. I, I don't know if Vegas can keep up offensively with what Seattle's able to do. And, and they have injuries on defense. So, so cool. You got this week. Okay. Yeah. I would have made it six. So I think you I think you got a cushion there. Two and zero against the spread for the Houston Roughnecks. You never bet against AJ Smith again. We took his total last week live. It wasn't an official play, but we added it live. Little disappointing. So all of us staying away from the totals. And again, the record of Mikey Manziel does not reflect the record of Springball Boulevard. We only hope he can actually bet his game this week. And of course, the thorn in my side is taking Battle Hawks money line. This is three for three. Mikey Manziel fading me, and he hasn't done very well doing so. Piper's Parlay. Are we doing one this week? Of course we are. Plus 600. We like Seattle minus 3.5. Renegades minus 8.5 with Kyle Sloater now starting. We added that late. 
And we got Houston minus three and a half. So we got the half, we got the hook there on our side um, where we lost it with Seattle. That's going to give you plus 600. Uh, most books that you get it on a little three legger Piper hitter parlay week one, as always pip pip. Parlay. Let's hit another one. Well, thank you guys for riding down the boulevard with us tonight. Again, week three of our PS five pick them is live in the description. A four for four week gets you an entry. So Get them in, get picking. Uh, the XFL video game coming quicker than you think. You're going to want a PS5 for that. For Chris Zook and Mikey Manzel, trying to climb out of the 0-2 crew this week. I am the 2-0, looking to be 3-0, Matty Fresh. Remember, there is no such thing as football season. We'll see you guys Monday. Monday.